Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. We must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Thursday, January 18th, 2024, the 1093rd day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'm your moderator.substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month, and in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free a couple days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms, and of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. So this week, we have been talking about elections around the world. We talked about the Taiwanese election that was held last weekend. We talked about the upcoming Russian election in March. And we've been talking about the Iowa caucuses and these fake GOP primaries that will lead ultimately to the November 2024 election. 
Now, will it be a real election or are we in store for another fake election? It's hard to say. Could we have a fake and rigged election that is transformed into a real and authentic and legitimate election through the process of review, thus requiring our attendance and our votes? Yes, we could. And in that case, it would make sense to go vote in this November 2024 election and the primaries that precede it, because you would want to lay down the evidence that you intended to, and by all appropriate measures, did participate in that election. Thus, your vote should be counted and the winner, according to real lawful American votes only, should be put into office. Now, do I expect that will happen? I don't know. I have no current reason to believe it will happen. So many things could come up between now and November 5th, 2024. We have nine and a half months until then. Every day seems like a new revelation, something to wake up the normies, something to push us further ahead in our quest for the truth. That happens to be years ahead of the normies quest on an informational timeline. Now, we may be missing important details. We may be a long distance from catching up to real time down every possible vertical on every single issue imaginable. It is impossible to get all of that information into one brain to the point where it would be possible to live in real time relative to all those issues and thus have the knowledge necessary to conduct the affairs of the world. That is a godlike sort of knowledge that even the regime can only attempt to replicate through AI. There is no way we can get there, but we can still understand the concept in the abstract. There are still ever higher truths and realities that we can engage and embrace and attempt to understand. And as higher and higher realities are revealed to us, the ultimate reality that we face will be God. And we can try to draw closer to that. And we can try to act in accordance with that reality right here on earth in our own lives. Indeed, that is our purpose. Our purpose is not to worry about all of the material concerns that our society and our culture have thrust upon us in order to distract us from that much higher ultimate purpose. Now, understanding that does not mean that the concerns of the material realm are not legitimate and real. We must deal with them as we go through our days, and it is through dealing with them that we can attempt to act in accordance with that higher truth. Now, if you're tracking what I'm saying so far, then it makes sense for us to guide ourselves and act in a principled manner that is reflective of that understanding. It is not to emphasize a series of practical and logistical and pragmatic concerns that might lead us to choose an option that is not reflective of these higher principles. If we understand what is right, we should pursue what is right, not make excuses that it's too difficult to achieve or too difficult to convince others to pursue or that it's disallowed by some agency who wrote some regulation. And the more time I spend observing this process and watching 
how people argue for certain positions, the more it seems to me that arguments made emphasizing practical and logistical concerns are being made that way because they don't actually reflect any principled concerns. I'm often confronted by worries about normies not being able to understand something or people being too lazy to adopt a new technology or process or mindset and paradigm. We are supposed to understand that idealistic and principled outcomes are not achievable. And so as an act of realism, we should not even encourage their pursuit. What we must do is focus on short-term pragmatic concerns because the only way we're ever going to achieve those big goals that reflect our principles is to first look after all of those pragmatic, logistical, practical concerns until everyone agrees it's time to finally pursue those big goals that reflect our principles. And then on top of that, because the normies can't understand the calculus that brings us to these decisions because they're unfamiliar with the facts, they're unfamiliar with the argument, they don't even pay attention to any of it. We have to engage with them in the false reality as if the fiction they live in is real in order to convince them to do something that will help us improve the situation for everyone. Basically, we're just going to lie to them a little bit to get them to do something in real life that will accomplish those short-term, pragmatic, logistical goals that might then one day allow us to pursue those big goals based on principle. Assuming that we can then convince all those people we've lied to that really all of this was for a higher purpose. I am consistently told that all of this makes great sense and that this is how we should go about our lives. Lying to people who don't quite understand what we understand in order to get them to do what we want. Now, you might think, I don't do that. I don't do that. What is he talking about? I don't do that. And that's interesting. You are a member of my audience, so there's at least some chance you don't do that. But there's also a bunch of you that absolutely do do that. Now, I'm not saying that makes you a bad person, but I am saying that maybe, just maybe, we should really think this thing through a little further. And if you don't know what I'm talking about yet, well, it's something that I discussed over the weekend at GART, the Great American Restoration Tour. The first panel of the event on Friday morning last week featured myself, Zach Payne, a.k.a. Red Pill 78 and Ash in America. We were discussing election fraud and local politics and the discussion, as most of these discussions do, centered around what we should do in 2024 in regard to this general election, assuming that we have one, which I do not assume. So. The first thing that's important here is that I do not assume we are going to have an election. If you don't know the event is even going to happen based on circumstances totally beyond our control, it would be insane to focus all of our energy on accomplishing some task in this as yet hypothetical event. 
Now, that might make perfect sense to you in general, but you might also say, well, wait a second. This election is almost definitely happening. It is a very low probability outcome that something like a very deadly pandemic or an attack on the energy grid or some other massive American crisis might occur, causing us not to have an election. And that's all good. That's fine. I'm not absolutely convinced that that is a low probability outcome, but I'm fine to accept it for the sake of argument. We probably will have an election. Elections are important. And therefore, the attention we focus on that election is entirely warranted and justified. Now, I would agree with that if the elections were legitimate, but they're not legitimate. And we know that. We know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. There is no reason to believe that the elections are legitimate. We would have to believe that Joe Biden actually received 81 million real lawful American votes as reported. And there's no proof anywhere that's true. Our elections are held on voting machines. J. Alex Halderman's report and Dominion's own discovery documents in their case against Fox News make clear that the voting machines cannot be reliably expected to produce a result that reflects the will and intent of the voter. And that doesn't even begin to address things like the fact that many of them aren't certified or they go through updates and software changes outside of the legal window with no new certification. They're totally vulnerable to outside manipulation. They can be changed via attacks online, but they can also be changed just by switching USB sticks. We know that elections are controlled and manipulated at every step of the process. The regime controls the voter registries and the voter registries are fraudulent. They control the printing and sending out of ballots. They control the collection of ballots, being the only people that know where all those ballots went. They control the casting of votes and the counting of votes for all of those ballots and in enough locations to change the outcomes of elections. There's election fraud in all 50 states, and they have set up a massive lawfare apparatus in order to make sure that the fraudulently achieved election results stick. Now, even if you disputed some part of this, and I don't know which part of this can be disputed, these statements just are true. But let's say you disagree. You don't believe that our elections are infiltrated and manipulated in this manner. You think everything works just fine. There are some mistakes along the way. But in almost every scenario, votes are counted in a legitimate fashion. And the proper winner is the representative of the people each and every time. Well, we still aren't allowed to check. And on that basis alone, that means that we must trust the good faith and competent execution of each and every step of these spectacularly complicated election processes in 3000 counties around the country. We just have to trust all of the people involved, all of the apparatus and oh yeah, every element of our judicial system to believe that you have cause to trust the reported outcomes of our elections. But I digress. So let's say you are certain we're going to have an election and you're certain that our elections are legitimate just for the sake of argument, obviously knowing that they are not legitimate. 
But even under those circumstances, you are still missing the point of the exercise if you think every aspect of American life should be devoted to electing a president who will then come in and save us. Our government is meant to be of, by, and for the people. That means that we must be engaged and we must take responsibility. The election doesn't end and then everything just goes back to normal. I don't see how people have developed this viewpoint where they think everything, everything, everything is about getting Trump back in place because at that point, he's just going to fix it all. Now, I have great faith in Donald Trump. I have great faith in the plan he has put in place. I would agree with you that things are aligning very well to take care of all those problems. Again, I'm the guy who thinks that we are at the dawn of an American renaissance. I believe that we are entering one of the greatest ages in the history of the world. I am incredibly optimistic about MAGA and America First and Donald Trump. I'm with you on all of that. But that does not mean that everything is done and fixed and solved if the television tells us that Donald Trump won a rigged election. Now, first of all, just as a practical concern, if and when Donald Trump is confirmed and publicly understood to be the winner of this election, assuming that we have one, assuming that the truth of 2020 isn't known by then, and truthfully, you could wipe out this entire argument just by proposing that will definitely happen. If that definitely happens, this entire argument is 100% moot, which is just another compelling and great reason not to be focused on it in the first place. But assuming that Trump is named the winner, everybody knows Trump's the winner. Trump is going to be president. We have ceremony, ceremony, ceremony. Trump is president, blah, blah, blah. Assuming that scenario, they will immediately begin to try to subvert him in every way possible. The hate movement will be directed toward him and all his supporters. They will try to create as much chaos as possible to make sure that not only can the quote unquote damage from Trump be limited, but that in the meantime, he will be painted as an evil dictator, the next Adolf Hitler. And you might say, yeah, well, no one's going to believe that at that point. Hey, maybe you're right. Maybe no one will believe that at that point. One of the things that is going to make sure no one believes that at that point is getting to the truth of our elections and the understanding for everyone across society that our elections are fake and Donald Trump already won in 2020. And you don't do that by convincing people that our elections are free and fair and safe and secure and that the reported results accurately reflect the will and intent of the American voter because they don't. And if you're going to lie to them about that or ignore that fact while telling them to devote all their time and energy to winning a rigged election in November of 2024, well, you are misleading people in extraordinary ways based on a just complete total blatant dishonesty and b the assumption that you can and should decide that it is acceptable to mislead people about what our elections do in order to quote unquote win one of these elections by communicating and understanding that doing so is going to fix everything else now i think you may be able to tell from the tone of my voice that there is no point at which i am going to encourage that sort of behavior 
I am not going to determine that people are stupid and unable to understand complex thoughts. You just have to tell them what to do and expect them to do it. It doesn't matter what reason you give them. They're going to be doing something for the good of everyone. So therefore, misleading them about what they're doing in an election, well, that's not a problem because it's going to come out right. So here is essentially what I said at guard. I haven't re-listened to my comments, so I'm going off memory. But the argument I made is essentially, I will not tell anyone that we are having real elections when I know them to be fake elections. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm saying no one should vote, although I'm also not one of those people that's saying, yes, you have to vote. Because the continued participation in a system we know to be rigged and illegitimate is actually legitimizing the system. That is not some argument that can just be wiped away. They're telling us the system is fraudulent. They have shown us repeatedly that they steal elections, and yet we still show up to the polls. So what does that tell someone who is evil? That tells them we'll just keep doing it. Somehow people are convinced that it's possible to win a rigged election, seizing power in a rigged election, and then fix everything. Now, I know this brings us into uncomfortable territory, but we have to go there nonetheless. We are told that if we all go, if enough of us go, then we will overwhelm the algorithm and cast more votes than they could ever possibly fraudulently produce, leading to a win. Could they possibly produce more fraudulent ballots than we could ever possibly produce voters? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. They produced 20% more reported votes than had ever been cast in any American election in history. And everyone believed it. And people say, well, we must have overwhelmed the polls in 2016. Well, it's possible that's true, but it's not necessarily true. There are absolutely other things that could have happened in 2016. Negotiations behind the scenes, ghosts in the machine, manipulation from outside that shut off their algorithm's ability to create results, an inability by Hillary Clinton and the global regime to sell the narrative that Hillary Clinton won after seeing the news coverage as it progressed throughout the night. Now, I don't know which, if any of those alternative explanations are true, but the point is that it's not necessarily so that we overwhelmed the fraud in 2016 and just couldn't do it in 2020 with 12 million more people voting for Trump, by the way. But regardless, the idea that us having a philosophical conversation about the morality of voting in a rigged election is going to somehow discourage people from voting and then cost us the rigged election. That's crazy, especially when it's nine and a half months from now. Convincing people that an election can produce a legitimate outcome and encouraging them to participate on that basis, knowing that the outcome is nearly guaranteed not to be legitimate, isn't going to make them more likely to reject 
the illegitimate outcome of that election, it will make them less likely to reject it. And that is what we saw in 2020. In fact, that's what we also saw in 2021, in 2022 primaries, in the 2022 general election, and in 2023 with the Kentucky governorship and various other ballot measures, the abortion thing in Ohio. We had an abortion thing in Kansas, I think in 2022. And again and again, we have these elections that we know are fraudulent or at the very minimum that no one anywhere can prove are legitimate. And we keep depending on the outcomes and analyzing the outcomes and centering our whole lives around those elections. All the while, all of this promotes the legitimacy of those elections and makes it harder to convince people of the clear and simple truth that the elections aren't legitimate. Through our actions and words, we are promoting the legitimacy of a system we know to be illegitimate. That's not honest. That's not moral. There is no pragmatic or logistical argument that can override that simple fact. Now, if you can admit that and you want people to vote for practical and logistical concerns, then you should be honest in making that case. You should say, we don't have legitimate elections in this country. We haven't had them for a very long time, in fact, but it's important to vote in them anyway, because, for instance, you going down to vote and monitoring the situation at your polling location and making sure that people are following the law or recording your experience to tell others about it or getting your vote in in case these are properly audited and a legitimate outcome is then achievable. Go ahead and make that case. Any awakened person or any supporter of Donald Trump who knows our elections have severe problems is going to be open to that argument because it's a sensible argument. It may be what carries the issue for me. I know that my vote may well not be counted at all, but it is possible that it might be counted someday if we do the work to get these elections reviewed. And therefore, I'm going to go cast that vote. I could see myself accepting that argument as the right reason to go vote. But we can't spend the year convincing people that the election system has any possibility of producing a legitimate outcome. And for that reason, we have to go because even if it's fraudulent, maybe we'll just overwhelm the illegitimate outcome. We are dealing with a regime, with a uniparty, with a government that censors the people. They want to remove all of our constitutional rights. And somehow we still believe that they're going to let us decide who our representatives are, even though they have all the means and the abilities to decide them for themselves. And let's think about what we're going to do if we do show up and vote, pretending that the system really can produce a reliable result that accurately reflects the will and intent of the American voter. Now, we being people very attuned to American political life, we might know most of what we're voting for on our ballot. We might be able to make fully informed decisions or at least decisions that we've taken some time to consider. But what about all these people who we're going to, I guess, trick into going to vote because 
Voting is the most important thing in the world, even though they don't count our votes and everybody knows it. And they've stolen elections not only in 2020, but in 2021, 2022 and 2023. Well, what are all those people going to do on their ballots? We can't expect that they're going to have looked into all the candidates and all the ballot measures, all the issues. So we're just going to tell them to vote for all the people with little R's next to their name. And if we do our very, very best and totally overwhelm the system, well, then we're going to have Donald Trump in office and maybe a few MAGA congressmen and senators. But what do we know? We didn't actually bother checking. We just got everybody to go vote for the person with a little R next to their name. We might end up with an entire regime establishment, Republican House and Senate. We might have Republicans at the state and county and local levels. We might elect a massive national slate of rhinos. And if we have a massive Republican landslide, well, we're going to tell everybody the Republicans win. Our elections are legitimate. We overwhelmed the polls and produced a legitimate election outcome and then be in a position where we have to tell people that despite our overwhelming victory and this legitimate outcome, we also have fraudulent elections that we now need to fix. In fact, we need to replace the entire system with one that is transparent and can create a sense of legitimacy throughout the public people on quote unquote, both sides. Well, who the hell is going to buy that after you've been lying to them for the next year from right now? Probably nobody. And how are things going to go once we've put Donald Trump in office, but have rhinos absolutely everywhere else? Is Donald Trump going to fix all of these elections at the state and local level? Oh, no. All of these rhinos that we have put back into office by overwhelming the fraud. They're the people who are going to fix the elections at the state and local level. But wait, you might say. Why would we have all of these rhinos in the general elections? We haven't even had the primaries yet. Maybe we're going to elect some MAGA candidates in the primaries. Okay, which primaries? The ones that are run on that same fake and rigged election system? Well, okay, good luck getting those MAGA candidates across the finish line. Now, Donald Trump might endorse them. And maybe we'll get some great victories, as we were told we did in 2022. Carrie Lake survived an attempt to run some establishment candidate against her and take that election for, I believe her name was Karen Taylor Robeson. Dr. Oz dealt with the same thing in Pennsylvania. The establishment wanted a guy named Dave McCormick. And hey, maybe Dave McCormick is a good guy. We will see in the future. But the GOP establishment absolutely cheats in the primaries. So what are we going to do throughout this primary season? Are we going to call out election fraud by the Republican Party as they attempt to make sure that MAGA candidates aren't there for the general election? Or are we going to pretend that elections are legitimate for the next nine and a half months in order to convince people to go vote in a rigged election? Because we have convinced ourselves that you can win a rigged election and it's you got to vote. Oh, it's just a moral imperative to vote because we need to get the president in there because the president's going to fix everything at that point. So we're just going to lie to everybody about our elections legitimacy for the next nine and a half months because we're worried that if we don't lie to them, then they might not vote and then we might not win a rigged election. And then, oh, no, we're all going to die in Joe Biden's second term, just like we all died in his first term. 
Now, the obvious question might be, when are people going to start telling the truth? Does that happen after we win the rigged election and seize back power? That is when we're going to start telling the truth about all this. But the other problem with all this is that it still leaves us in this position where we are subservient to this God King, this Lord, this master we have elected. And again, I love Donald Trump. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about the position of president and the idea that the future of our lives are dependent on who the American president is, while the identity of that person is determined in rigged and stolen elections. If this is how we view things, we are not capable of being part of a government of, by, and for the people. And what will happen after Trump? Everyone just expects him to be a kingmaker. Choose Vivek. Choose Carrie Lake. Choose Tucker Carlson. It's all ridiculous. At what point do we become honest and fix the election system? At what point do we actually take back and recognize and exert the power each one of us has? It has become fashionable within the MAGA world to project the likelihood of a scenario that I proposed years ago, somebody winning an election and then calling for their own election to be audited. And people are suggesting this might be what Donald Trump does this fall. I said in early 2021 that Ron DeSantis should be doing that in Florida. He should call for a review, a full forensic audit of Florida elections and reveal all of the fraud in Florida, proving to the country that even in a state that elected Donald Trump, there was still rampant election fraud and manipulation. But obviously, Ron didn't do that. Now, is Ron part of some plan and that's why he didn't do it? Okay, maybe, but he also might not be. He also just might be a regime stooge who was never supposed to be governor of Florida. It actually was supposed to be Andrew Gillum. Donald Trump just had different plans in mind. And all of a sudden, Ron DeSantis was the governor of Florida. And it would have been Gillum guiding Florida through COVID, not Ron. And Ron, having come up short in his first attempt at Florida governor, would swoop in on the back of going against the mainstream COVID agenda, riding into the governor's mansion on a great wave throughout 2022, and six months later announcing his bid for president as the hottest conservative superstar in all the land. He would have surely won the hearts and minds of conservative America, having never heard of this guy watching the disastrous Andrew Gillum guide Florida throughout COVID, his reputation destroyed by scandal. He was caught in a hotel room with a gay escort and a ton of meth. Ron DeSantis was going to ride in and clear all that up. A hero throughout COVID, an anti-wokeness crusader, just the right man to fix Florida, a new national name who now announces that he will be a GOP candidate for president and the entire country sick of Donald Trump chooses Ron and Ron goes into this 2024 election. It's entirely possible that Ron DeSantis is exactly that person and that that is exactly what was supposed to happen. But whether Ron is a good guy who is just following along with a plan and that plan prevented him from pursuing election fraud in Florida after 2020, or if he is just a regime stooge 
The truth is that for whatever reason, he has not done the things he could have done to let the entire country know that our elections are stolen. And that's true even when we win. Now, for whatever reason, people think it is some sort of revelation to consider that Donald Trump might be announced the winner and then might call for an audit of his own election, a scenario I've been discussing for a very long time. And they're putting forth the idea that because that scenario might happen, we should convince people that it probably will happen and that regardless, it's important for them to vote in the election, pretending it's legitimate or might be legitimate, despite the fact that we know it's not legitimate. And despite having no idea that Donald Trump, if announced the winner, would then go out and demand an audit of the elections. Now, I would even grant you that it is a high probability outcome that if Donald Trump is announced the winner, he would still say that our elections must be reviewed and fixed in this country. But all of that is still a hypothetical stacked on top of another hypothetical. And to take advantage of either of these hypotheticals, the strategy is that we lie to people about our elections right now. Now, what would be the positive outcome of that scenario where Donald Trump has announced the winner and then he calls for an audit of the elections and that audit is done? What will that then convince people of? Oh, it'll convince them that our election system is designed to produce rigged and fraudulent outcomes so that the regime can select whoever will be in office whenever they want in whichever elections they choose. And at that point, well, then everybody's going to know that our elections really are stolen. But thank goodness Donald Trump didn't steal it. So he's still the president. But, oh, man, what about all those Republicans in the majority and those Democrats in the minority who we have put into Congress, even though they didn't win a legitimate election? What do we do with all them? Oh, well, then we run smack dab into an entirely new series of problems that haven't been anticipated or dealt with at all because we convinced people that it was the most important thing that could ever happen for them to go out and vote in a rigged election as if it was legitimate on the hope that it might be somehow legitimized later. And even after it is legitimized, we still have to deal with the problem that we have installed a whole new set of representatives all across the country who are not legitimate, despite the fact that Donald Trump and some other Republicans did win legitimately. I mean, thank goodness we have focused on the pragmatic and logistical concerns rather than making principled cases to people and handling this whole situation honestly, right? But let's return a second to that possible outcome, the lesson of the post-election victory review would be a... Donald Trump is not inclined to cheat because he's the one calling for the full transparent audit and B, everyone would know our elections are fraudulent and rigged and irredeemable through this current process and they would push for change, change that will be enacted by who, who is going to enact that change? All of the representatives we install in office as a result of those illegitimate elections that are then reviewed, do we kick them all out of there? Through what? A legal process that goes through years of review and appeals and litigation? And how would we replace them? With a new election system? Which election system? When is it installed? 
How will it be installed? Donald Trump can't control what the states do with their election system. So who's going to fix the elections in those states? Who is going to make it so that state representatives and local representatives, city representatives, county representatives are all legitimate? Who is going to do that at the state level after we have spent the next nine and a half months convincing them that they are about to vote in a legitimate election and that they should expect their vote to be properly counted and that it will carry the day. Now, if you want to assume that all of the people making the argument that we must tell people they're voting in a legitimate election and we must increase turnout, we must do the whole Scott Pressler thing where we go around the country getting more people to register for the Republican Party, giving the Republican Party their data that we need to set up a ballot harvesting ring so that we can compete with the Democrats for all of those ballots as if it's not just a uniparty that controls the whole thing. We're really just helping out the uniparty right in that scenario, wasting countless hours in the process. I brought this example up at GART. I said, what if we have a thousand people sign up to work on that ballot harvesting effort and each one of them goes and gives a hundred hours over the next 10 months. Let's call it 10 months just for easy math. That's 10 hours each month, two and a half hours every week. That's not an unreasonable amount of time to volunteer if you're going to volunteer. So a thousand volunteers, two and a half hours a week for the next 10 months, we have about a hundred thousand hours of volunteer labor from patriotic American citizens acting in good faith. And all of that work will be directed toward a pointless cause that cannot affect the outcome and only supports a system designed to allow for the theft of elections. Now, is that view 100% certain? No, it's not. I am not absolutely certain that's what's going on, but there is at least a chance that's what's going on. And there may even be a high probability chance that that's what's going on. If there is some heroic outcome to pretending that the solution is voter registry and ballot harvesting. Well, okay, but I don't see that. The voter registry numbers, the higher they are, that allows the regime to communicate to the American public that more people turned out and voted. That's part of the justification for the reported results we had in 2020. There were so many people out and voting. We had so many voter registrations. We are preparing the weapon that the regime will use against us. And we are doing it because we are afraid to have a principled conversation and an honest conversation about what's happening in our elections, preferring instead to focus on logistical, pragmatic concerns, because we assume that other people, not us, are too stupid and too unwilling to actually make difficult decisions and try to contemplate and understand difficult issues. And we're assuming all that for a time 10 months from now on all of these hypotheticals that may never come to pass. Again, it is deeply immoral. But if you want to assume that all of the people making these arguments and pushing this viewpoint forward are doing so in good faith, then at the very minimum, I would suggest that they haven't thought this through. But I don't think that we can just go around assuming that this argument is being made always in good faith. Again, we have been through election cycle after election cycle since 2020. The Glenn Youngkin election in Virginia and the Phil Murphy election in New Jersey in 2021 were clearly manipulated results. 
we were told there was a red wave in Virginia on the basis of anti-wokeness after those wins and that we should all have faith in our elections. We saw manipulation in the 2022 primaries, and then we saw an election stolen in broad daylight in front of everybody. The entire nation knew about it in the Cary Lake election. And Con Inc. just kept chugging along, saying our elections are free and fair, safe and secure, and that the reported results accurately reflect the will and intent of the American voter. Now, are those elections being tracked? Are they being monitored? Well, I certainly believe they are. I definitely hope they are and expect they are. But I believe they are. And in that case, going out and voting can be practically the right decision. Despite that, we can still operate on principle and we can be honest and we can tell people, hey, you know what? Your vote might not be counted. In fact, an algorithm might make it so that your vote only counts for three fifths of a vote. You will be treated exactly how those slaves we always hear about were treated. But don't worry, you're not a slave. You are a free person. You're just no longer entitled to your constitutional rights or your human rights. And oh, yeah, they can change how much your money's worth whenever they want. And if you don't pay them rent for being alive, then they can put you in prison. Apologies for the tangent, but the point is, regardless of whether or not there is a practical reason to be voting in elections that we know to be rigged, it is still our responsibility to tell the truth about those elections. And you can deny all the various claims about election fraud and think that they're all just a psyop to trick everybody. But at the very, very bottom of that is the irrefutable truth that there is no proof anywhere that Joe Biden received 81 million real lawful American votes and we're not allowed to check. There isn't an American in this country who should be satisfied with that. We are being controlled by a wholly unelected bureaucracy who serve not the people, but the agenda of a global regime. They have careers for life as federal government bureaucrats, and they collectively get to write the rules about how you're allowed to live. That is not only a debasement of the Constitution in that your elected representatives, your congressmen and senators are supposed to create the laws always in accordance with the Constitution, but it's also ushering in the end of our country. And its legitimacy is supported by the fact that we still believe our elections are legitimate. We have a responsibility to the country and to ourselves to make sure that our votes, our elections are legitimate. This is the only voice you have in this society. We are being told to pretend that we are allowed to exercise that voice when we aren't by people who say they are very, very concerned about us. The point is that if we never actually understand that our voice has been stolen from us, that our vote has been stolen from us, that our country has been stolen from us, or perhaps more accurately, we gave it all away, then what is the path forward? Just leave it to Donald Trump. He has a plan. He'll put it all in place. Are we supposed to accept that? Hey, here's your new system. We know you didn't choose it, but here it is. Did you weigh in on that? Did representatives of your state ratify that new constitution? At what point are people going to get involved and be honest 
about what it is we're dealing with. Now, here's another scenario that I think might be more likely if indeed we have an election and if our elections are not made legitimate by that point. It seems to me that we are in the midst of an irreversible trend toward the American people accepting and eventually loving Donald Trump as we do. All that requires is simply understanding what has been done to us and what has been done in our name and then taking the next step and realizing that all the people who did all those things all hate Donald Trump and all hate MAGA. And if that's the case, well, then Donald Trump might be your guy. And it turns out that he is. Now, I have no doubt that we are going to get there in the next nine and a half months, and it will be sped along all that much faster if the truth about the 2020 election is revealed. Now, that's only going to be one of many truths that are revealed over the course of this year. We can see them bursting like wildflowers on a spring morning after it's rained. And with each new revelation, people not only understand that Donald Trump is more inevitable, but also that that inevitability is more attractive because that is the right solution. And not only are we choosing it, but we can feel everyone else choosing it and going in that direction. That is what the air of inevitability provides. Everyone knows this is the right move. That is the trend line we are on. That is going to continue for the rest of this year. Now, people talk about Joe Biden being replaced, replaced with Michelle Obama, replaced with Gavin Newsom, replaced with Hillary Clinton. Today, we heard that he might be replaced with Gretchen Whitmer, who just signed a new seven figure book deal. And we know all about book deals. They pay hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars as an advance. That is money that goes to the author that in the smaller cases, allow that author to live and pay the bills and have a normal life while writing because the publisher wants to acquire the rights to sell that author's next piece of work. Then the book goes to market and the profits on that book are retained by the publisher up until that advance has been settled out with book profits. And after that, the author begins to participate in sharing the profits of the book sales. That is a general picture of how that sort of thing works. Now, Gretchen Whitmer, someone we're told, is a very popular national political figure. She's getting over a million dollars as an advance for this book. So someone is giving Gretchen Whitmer a million dollars. And for that million dollars, Gretchen Whitmer is selling the rights to a book that she is going to write. Really, it's going to be a ghostwriter writing it. And Gretchen Whitmer will weigh in with some of her cutesy opinions and her little experiences. And it'll be a book that's all by her with help from blah, blah, blah. Often they don't even tell you the name of the ghostwriter. Now, when Gretchen Whitmer's book sells like 6,000 copies and the publishers made 15 grand, after paying out over a million dollars as an advance, the deal might begin to look stupid if you're a normie. If you're not a normie, then it looks just like money laundering. But whoever it is, Biden could be replaced. We're told probably won't be replaced, though. And so it's Trump and Biden. Everybody by that point understands, at least, let's say, to the extent that Trump supporters did 
in the fall of 2020. Now we have every awake person, every person who could potentially awake on that page with us. That is a massive, massive majority. It was already a massive majority in 2020. And people really do have to come to terms with that fact. But Trump's support will have gone up by 50%, if not double. Every trend is in Trump's direction. And people are now giving him the benefit of the doubt. They're giving him a second chance because they've seen how corrupt all the people attacking him truly are. Now, if I'm right about that, and I think that I am, and we see an election where Donald Trump is reported to have received 95 million real lawful American votes, and then we're told that Joe Biden received 115 million real lawful American votes, every American in this country is going to know that our elections are stolen. We even have the media and the globalists agreeing that Donald Trump is probably going to win this fall. And that is very likely because they don't think that they'll be able to stop him and they need to seed new narratives through which to subvert him in that second publicly recognized term. And they're going to call us all Nazis. But regardless of the reasons, they are telling the entire public that Donald Trump is probably going to win. Even liberals who will go out and vote for Joe Biden and hate Donald Trump will still think Donald Trump is going to win. Now, if way more people like Donald Trump in 2020, way more people think that the global regime is corrupt and they can see that our elections are stolen and that the World Economic Forum's agenda is just global communism, that climate change is a hoax, that pandemics are a hoax that we get lied into wars, that they really did support Nazis, and that they've spent the last three-plus years attesting to the legitimacy of an obvious treasonous usurper, and then they're told that Joe Biden has won the 2024 election with 115 million real lawful American votes to Donald Trump's 95 million real lawful American votes, everyone's going to know it's fraud. Everyone will know it's fraud. The liberals might not even have the courage to lie and claim that the election results are legitimate in that scenario. And at that point, you can get everybody on the same page and actually fix things. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but that is at least a scenario that could get us to the proper understanding with the ability to potentially fix it on a reasonable timeline, because ultimately the court of public opinion is what really matters. Elections, if they are rigged, if they are manipulated, if they are illegitimate, are not about who gets to tally the most fake votes. They're about what the public is prepared to believe about itself and who it has selected to lead them. And so we reach some pretty confusing territory here. If they can manipulate the outcome like that. That calls into question every election that has ever been held anywhere, and it certainly calls into question every single election at every level across the country in these 2024 elections. Just that result reported invalidates all of it in people's minds. No one will believe that. And then we end up in a situation where either certain leaders have to be prepared for the outcome or the people need to know how to respond. Are we better prepared or worse prepared 
for that eventuality. If we have spent the next nine and a half months lying to people about the legitimacy of our elections and what they must do and on what basis they must do it, I would suggest we are worse prepared. I would also point out that once again, the realization from going through this process and having that outcome is that our elections are stolen and that the winners are selected and that any level of election fraud can be produced. Now, all those claims are things that all of us discovered in 2020. And if we can discover it in 2020, then people can certainly discover it in 2024. And we don't actually need another example for people to discover that. Because remember, we have examples in 2021, 2022 primaries, 2022 general, and 2023, as well as various other votes and elections throughout the last few years. Now, knowing that people will discover it in the future and could be discovering it now, what is productive about lying to those people for the next nine and a half months about that very thing they will eventually discover? I think you can see that this argument does not make any sense. It's because it is a terrible argument. It is wholly unprincipled. It is based on nothing but mistaken assessments of logistical and practical concerns, which is why you don't direct yourself toward choosing logistical and practical decision points when they are in violation of what the principled goals demand. And this is yet another reason why I have a real hard time just assuming that people making this other argument are doing so in good faith as awakened people. One of those has to be off at least a little bit. Now, there are absolutely ways to convince the American public that our elections are stolen this year well in advance of that 2024 general election. And it is possible that we could put in a streamlined and simplified system prior to November 5th, 2024, or potentially delay the election long enough so that system can be implemented. But in those scenarios, it still does not make sense to focus everyone's attention on the election as the only potential solution to this awful situation, while lying to them about the legitimacy of the election and what they will be doing. We would spend all that time, energy, and focus on a hypothetical that never comes to pass and actually convincing people to believe the opposite of that which they must be expected to believe in the future in order to turn this thing around. I know that people think there must be a good argument for voting in these elections with the understanding that if we get enough votes, we can defeat the cheating. But there isn't. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't vote. What I'm saying is, if we are going to encourage people to do that, it must be prefaced with the understanding that our elections are not legitimate and that we are voting for a different reason entirely. We are going in and voting so that there is a record of our desires and concerns of our decision of our voice that one day, if the situation can be legitimized, will in fact record. And so it is necessary to put ourselves on the record or, and I think that this is actually more compelling. We need to make clear to everyone that no one besides Donald Trump could possibly win. Now I expect people will already believe that by then. 
And I imagine that the regime has now understood that in full, which is why they are anticipating and planning for a future that includes Donald Trump being recognized as president of the United States of America once again. But here's the thing that can be accomplished ahead of time and it should be. But the only way to accomplish that is by bringing out the truth of all of these things, including and especially our stolen elections, which can't be accomplished if we're lying to people and convincing them that our elections are legitimate. It is an unfathomably bad argument, and it is poorly considered. At some point, we need to break free from these old paradigms, these old mindsets. For whatever reason, people are afraid to leave behind their prior understandings about how politics and our society worked. And people need to stop thinking that we're going back to what we had before 2020 if Donald Trump wins this fall. Again, I think we are at the dawn of an American renaissance. I think it's going to get better, not worse better. But part of it getting better is everyone waking up and understanding I actually have to decide what I want for myself. I have to decide what I believe and how I'm going to live. And I will not be talked into doing something other than that based on the poorly considered practical and logistical concerns of people who I can't even be reliably sure are acting in good faith. And that is where we are at right now with these people who are telling everybody that we can't destroy faith in our elections because we need all of these other people who don't know anything. We need them to vote. So what we're going to do is lie to everybody about what we ultimately need them to understand is true. Real smart, guys. The mindset doesn't work. It is a failure. It has already failed. It has failed. It has failed. It has failed again. It has failed constantly over the last few years with every election that arises. We are told by people who tell us they're acting in the best faith, just looking out for everybody that we absolutely must vote. And then when we see that our elections are stolen, they just analyze the politics and say, well, it was because of abortion. Or, well, it was because Donald Trump and MAGA extremists turned off too many people in the center. And then we go right back to obsessing over and analyzing the details of complete and total fictions. We talk about the creepy little dude on the Bud Light can. We try to get a professor from Harvard fired. We make sure that we know all the ins and outs of the Fannie Willis scandal and all the fake indictments. But we never actually do a damn thing about election fraud. Isn't that incredible? Now, again, I'm not accusing anybody of making this argument in bad faith, and I certainly don't think everyone who's making it is. But I will say again that at the very least, it is poorly considered. Now, am I telling people not to vote, which is the accusation I get and what I was hearing from people at Gart, who heard my comments there. No, I'm not telling people not to vote. Not once in this podcast that is now an hour long have I told people not to vote. But people will say, that is the impression that others will take away from what you have said. And once again, a person is deciding 
what another person thinks without any access to that person's mind. Oh, the things that I say are going to lead someone else to misunderstand me. And that is my fault. And so I shouldn't say these things that I'm saying again, you gotta wonder, are these people acting in good faith? Because right now they're telling me that I can't address the truth of an important topic on the basis that someone else, not them might misunderstand me. And then someone else, not them might act in a way that might negatively impact the practical concerns of the person telling me not to say these things. So I have to not say these things based on their desire to achieve their practical and logistical outcomes the way they want, the only way they can conceive of. And I am supposed to assume that that person is acting in good faith, whereas I, the person who is not actually saying the thing I'm being accused of saying, I'm acting in bad faith. This is utterly convoluted nonsense. Again, to state my position so that it is quite clear, there are scenarios I can imagine where going out to vote and encouraging other people to vote in the election on November 5th, 2024 could be effective in a practical sense in case the election is ever reviewed and legitimate results can be retrieved or because we need a physical display, a visual show of our strength in numbers could be practically effective and accomplish our goals if we go about them in the right way, which is honest and with our eyes open about the fact that our system as it exists right now cannot possibly or reliably yield accurate results that reflect the will and intent of the American voter. But that is not an ideal outcome. The ideal outcome is accomplishing the goal of that act, which would be convincing the country that our elections are stolen well before the election ever happens. Like right now, for instance, or after the New Hampshire primary or after the Nevada primary or after the South Carolina primary or after Super Tuesday or hey, maybe after March 19th. Or let's just keep going throughout the primaries. When will people wake up to elections being manipulated right out in the open? Maybe they'll just give up and allow Donald Trump to win the primaries. Maybe they won't put up that contest. So we won't see all of those primaries play out in a way that people might notice. The Democrats don't seem to be intent on holding primaries at all. They're still going to tell their voters that the elections are Legitimate. They're free and fair. They're safe and secure. And the reported results do, in fact, accurately reflect the will and intent of the voters. They're going to do that by canceling all of their primaries. So Joe Biden just becomes the nominee or he wins the nomination and then is replaced by someone else. Now, we are being advised on what is good and smart and moral by people who are not trying to achieve the ideal outcome. They're actually working in the opposite direction until that point in the future where we have all convinced ourselves, you know, about the legitimacy of our elections until that point in the future where everyone realizes they're not legitimate. And then we just end up where we could be now. If people had just told the truth about our elections this whole time, instead of focused on all of these ancillary political issues, 
thinking that, oh, if we just wake up the normies, that's going to get everybody on our side and we will vote and we will win that 2024 election. And as soon as Donald Trump's back, he's going to fix everything. And when I say everything, I mean, even those problems we worked very hard to convince other people did not exist. Well, hallelujah. What strategy that is. At some point, you got to wonder why these people don't want to just focus all the time on election fraud themselves and instead think it's a much better idea to lie to everybody, hoping that the election will just end up in some way that shows the nation our elections are stolen. Now, again, I'm not suggesting that people making the argument are doing so in bad faith. They might just be confused. They might be in some old habits, but it's not an awake point of view. It is not a wise long-term strategy to place short-term logistical and practical concerns above what you know to be true or principled moral concerns. It will never work out, which is why you don't do it. At some point, we're just going to have to lose the training wheels and begin thinking and deciding for ourselves. There are people on our side who are scared to talk about election fraud until the TV tells everybody that our elections are stolen. That is the same standard being used by standard issue villagers on the uniparty left. And we have people operating on that value set pretending to be awake. I don't get it. In every scenario you can think of, just ask yourself, would we be in a better position right now if more people had spoken up and spoken the truth about this issue in every single scenario, the answer is yes. And we are being convinced not to do it for reasons because we're told based on no evidence whatsoever, we are told we will achieve a better outcome in this 2024 election. If we just avoid the truth for another 10 months, sorry, but it makes no sense. And beyond that, it is beneath our dignity as humans and Americans. We should respect ourselves and one another enough to tell the truth and figure out how to do the right thing with our eyes open in an honest fashion. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month, comes out to under a quarter per episode, and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree, linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range.
It's high noon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture if you'd like to support the podcast financially the best place to do that is kofa go to ko-fi.com slash i'm your moderator and all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode i'll see you soon down on the range It's hell!